You feel the power of God moving among us? I was crying like a baby up here in that last song. Had to blow my nose. Fortunately, my um, mic was not on. <laughs> Would not have been a pleasant thing, but everybody blows their nose. You know, as I prayed uh, for guidance, um, uh, the Lord moved me to share with you a, a few words. And my prayer was, um, Lord, let my words be few. Hmm. And let your spirit fall on your people. Let your truth be revealed in our hearts. And we, may we never be the same. That was my prayer. So today, my words will be few. And God's word will be great and mighty, as he is great and mighty. Let's talk about the formula for success as Christians. Something dear to me, uh, formulas. This is the how-to sermon. You know, this is how to be a good Christian. And I was sharing with uh, folks around how uh, I'm a formula guy. From the time I was in school, uh, I enjoyed math. I really enjoyed math because it had certainty. It had formulas. And as long as I went along with the formula, it, it, it always, you know, if I did it right, it came out right. Because that's what formulas are. You do them, and you get, it's a very predictable answer, isn't it? So, I tried to apply this formula, or this idea, and this part of my character to my Christian life. Now, let me ask you, does a formula work in your Christian life, in your spiritual growth, in your walk with God? That's the question out there. So, here's the do's and don'ts. This is how to be a good Christian. Do go to church. I think you've made that one. Do serve in the church. Various ministry opportunities here in the doors. We have all kinds of things for you to do. You can serve the children. You can do coffee. You can do music. You can do, you know, ministries, all types of ministries, and we have it here for you. So do serve in the church and clean the church. That's a big do. Now, do lead some kind of ministry in the church. Be on the boards, be on the committees, do a, lead a Bible study, do some kind of program. That's very important. Do that. Do serve outside the church. Now, we've got homeless ministry. We've got um, those who are in prison or some kind of situation like that, house of prayer, those kinds of things. We've also, got, uh, we've also have feeding the hungry and those who are in need. So do something outside the church. Do. Do tithe. I thought about putting that one first. But that might not be a good, good, uh, good start to the sermon. Do read your Bible. Do pray, pray every day. In fact, it would be good if you did pray every day at least three times. And you know what? If three is good, then five has to be better. So pray five times a day. 
do that. That's part of the formula. Fast and pray and meditate on God's word. Do that. Any of this, any, anything? I mean, this, is, this all sounds good, doesn't it? It all sounds good. Do these things and you will be a good Christian. But there's don'ts as well. Don't drink. Don't cuss. I really have to work on that one. Uh, <laughs> um, don't smoke. Don't play loud music. Don't dance. Don't, don't, don't. Well, we broke a few of those today. The dancing and the loud music. <laughs> Whew. I was going down a slippery slope on that. Do, 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 and don't, don't, don't. This is how you become a good Christian, right? And this is what, you know, and I've tried for years and years and years. And fortunately, I'm going to be 50 years old this year. And um, I've learned some things. That the formula that I had in my mind to make this thing work doesn't work. Christ cannot be put into a formula, can he? Thank you. (laughs) I feel like Coach Floyd sometimes. I guess you're not here. Uh, Perfection, brokenness, and the way home. That's what we're going to talk about today. When we were created in the beginning, that is, in other words, in the beginning, God created us for fellowship with him. And look at the story in Genesis where God created the world and all that was in it and he created us. Now, if you do have your Bibles, you can open it up and, and, you know, the first book, the Bible, Genesis, just open that thing up and we're going to look at the second, uh, we're going to look at the second chapter. And hopefully, uh, hopefully this will be up on the screen. And we'll start with the uh, fourth verse. And this is, the account of, uh, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. My words are few. God's words are great and mighty. When the Lord made the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and, when there's, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man. From the dust of the ground he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living spirit, a living being. Mm. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in, in Eden, And there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let that soak a little bit. 
God created perfection in the beginning. And he put all the beautiful things on the earth and he created man to enjoy this. And he put two trees in there. What were they? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Hmm. Verse 15, he says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Perfection. God created this beautiful place and he created man and he created woman to be in this perfect relationship with him. And they could eat from any tree in the garden. They could eat from the tree of life. Who is that life? Jesus. They were in fellowship with Jesus, the tree of life. Can you imagine anything better than that? I can't imagine anything better than that. And we are meant to be together. We are meant to be together and in full fellowship with God. We are meant to be one. Perfection, total perfection. And then brokenness. What happened? In three, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, for the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, 
knowing good and evil. What a great lie. That was exactly the biggest lie ever told, isn't it? It was the biggest lie ever told because for that lie set in motion all of the next stuff that comes, all of the brokenness that comes. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Mm. For the first time, they felt shame. For the first time, they were embarrassed. For the first time, they thought something was wrong, that this was, something was, just wasn't right. Why? They had perfection. And yet, something happened. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree and I ate it. That's right, blame somebody else. It's always the woman's fault. We learn that from a very early age, don't we? No, obviously it's not. We are complete. We are complete with the woman. That'll help me later on today. <laughs> the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. And then for the next few verses, we have that the consequences of all this, right? We have the serpent who had to crawl for the rest of eternity. We had the adversity that, man, that, that God put between man and animal, basically, or man and the serpent. We had the pain of childbirth that the woman must endure because of the sin. These are the consequences of turning our eyes away from God. And this is what happened. Perfection was broken at this time. And so all of creation from this point forward would never be the same. You see, in the, in the earlier verse, when Adam was working the garden, it was not toil. And now it's toil. It's hard. Before it was a pleasure. Now it's a labor. And so, total perfection was broken. I do wonder if Adam, uh, you know, broke a sweat before. Because now, the sweat of his brow. Verse 19. And then, at the end of that, even though God was disappointed, He still provided. He made some clothes for him. He did set out some parameters. 
this is the way it's going to be. But he made some clothes for them and he provided for them. And what does that tell us? He still loves us. We are in this. We are in this. We had perfection and then something happened. We were deceived. We believed the lies, the false stuff out there, the deceit, and we became broken. He created this beautiful garden and, and with abundance in it and no toil or pain. He created the tree of life, Jesus, that we had fellowship with the very beginning of all of creation and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We were perfect in our bodies, in our mind, in our spirit. We were in the image of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. God breathed into us the breath of life, and from that point on, we were alive. From that point on, we were alive. We had the gift of the Holy Spirit breathed into us at the very beginning of time. We had perfection. We had everything that God had planned for us. And He hung out with us. He was with us. We had great scenery. We had beautiful wife and husband chilling with God. I mean, this was really pretty good, wasn't it? And then Satan put doubt in our minds and deceit in our hearts. For some reason, we wanted something we couldn't have. But could we? Who is God anyway to tell me what I can have and what I can't have? Satan appealed to our human desire to be gods. And the world would never be the same. We became people wrought with fear and trembling, disappointment and distrust, anger and revenge, thievery and wantonness, anxiety and tumult. We became people unholy, unhonorable, unjust, unrighteous, unlike the image of God we were created in. The world became the hostile world for us for the rest of time. And Isaiah Isaiah, Isaiah talks about this. It's in the 64th, and I've got it here, and hopefully it'll be up here, 64th chapter. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. And again in 7, he says, No one calls on your name or strives to, strives to lay hold of you, speaking to God. For you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. We had fear. Something happened and we would never be the same. Something happened and our lives would never be the same. We had fear, we had trembling, we had stuff happen, and life would never be the same. We were something that God created. We were something that was perfect in God's sight. 
and Satan deceived us, we would never be the same. We were broken. We were broken. Broken. Fear. Anxiety. Addictions. Hurts. Pain. Sorrow. Everything. Everything. What is it? What is it, Lord, that we have done? And life would never be the same. Because now we're broken. Now we're broken. Isaiah 64, 8. Yet, Lord, O Lord, you are our Father. We are clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And he said in Jeremiah, he sent Jeremiah to to go to the potter's house. And he says to Jeremiah, go to the potter house, potter's house and I will give you the word. Jeremiah 18, 2 through 6. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. May my words be few. May God's words be great and mighty because He is great and mighty. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is given his encouragement to the Corinthians and he says in 2 Corinthians uh, 4, he says there at verse, starting at verse 6, 6 through 12, he says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, In other words, the same God who called light into being at the beginning of time. This same God let light shine out of, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He 
brought this light into our hearts. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Sometimes we get hammered in life, don't we? Sometimes we get broken. Sometimes we are this fragile vessel, which is what clay is. Clay pot, a clay pot, is a fragile vessel. And yet God chooses this fragile vessel to pour in His Spirit, His light, His holiness, so that we can then shine to others. This is our way home. This is our way home. Where's home? Full fellowship, perfection with God. Full fellowship and perfection with God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Love this. Love this. 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I made a mess. But that's what I've done in life. I've made a mess. I've made a lot of messes. And if you meander here later on, be careful. Because that was hard to break. And this is a big hammer. I've even been like this. Hard to break. Stubborn. And yet, I still lay in pieces. You know, and God takes these pieces and He kind of puts them together and He kind of works out some things, you know, and He takes my brokenness, my pieces, and He puts them on the cross. This is my brokenness. He puts them on the cross. He takes my brokenness and he carries them to the cross. He takes my fear, disappointments. He takes my lack of trust. He takes my self-sufficiency. He takes my addictions. He takes all the ugliness in me for being human and He puts them on the cross. He was broken so that I might live. These are His brokenness too because He was a man and He was broken for all of us. God wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you as you journey through this world. 
God himself wants to hear your voice as you share with him what's going on in your life. He wants to know what you're thinking and what's going on in your heart. He wants to hold you and he wants to pick you up when you fall. God wants to heal your broken heart, your broken life, because he loves you so much that he gave his own son that you may have life and have it abundant. Have it in abundance. Have it in abundance. Life, the tree of life, Jesus, the Holy Spirit living in you. He gave up his own spirit that you might receive and allow his spirit to work through you to accomplish his will. He walked on this earth in flesh so that you would love as he loves. Through you, he is able to love people all around. He died and rose again so that his peace may be your peace and his love your love. That you would experience joy because he is your joy. That you would look on others through the eyes of Jesus because he has given you eyes to see people as he sees that you would hear the cry of another as he hears the cry, because as he has given you ears to hear, you would touch one another as he touches, because he has given you feeling the way he feels. And yes, he suffered the brutal death of his son for you and was raised for you to bring you back someday to Eden in full and perfect fellowship with him. Hmm. A reading from Psalm, For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. We can have this. We can have this peace. We can have this joy. We can have this perfection that God created for us in the very beginning of time. John 14:5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't, we don't know where, where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Our broken pieces are put together again to create something new. And this something new is something that God puts together for us. It is because of his love that he allows us to be something new. And this is something new. This is something that God has created out of the brokenness. 
Clayton, what do you see in here? What do you see? Clayton sees himself a new creation. Leslie, what do you see? Leslie sees herself a new creation. Corbin. A new creation himself. Do you see yourself in this mirror? Do you see yourself? You are a new creation because Christ died and rose again. He put his spirit in you and he lives in you. Everybody see themselves? Is it too high, too low? Right on? You can see yourself. You are the new creation. Look how beautiful you are. Look at yourself. You can look at yourself. You're beautiful. And God created you that way. And he put you, he put you back together with all your brokenness. It's just amazing, isn't it? How God does that. It's just amazing. I really did make a mess up here. Brian's going to come up and play a little bit of, of something and and I wanted to God kind of put it on my heart to do something here. And that is to to invite you to take a shard. Something that his something that broke I invite you to take, and you must be very careful. This is pottery, and it has a glass glaze on it. But I invite you to take something that you say, this represents my brokenness. This is my fear. And just lay it here in a heap. Just put it there. Just bring it up while Brian is playing. And even during the next, the next uh, song, I invite you to take and lay your brokenness right here. And if we have a pile here, 
I mean, I could take five or six or eight or ten or fifty of these. I'm broken that much. Self-reliance. It's open to you. Father, we give you thanks for um, just being with us, guiding us through this journey we call life. We thank you, Lord, that you have put your spirit in us and around us and through us. We pray, Lord, that you keep moving through us, that we are so moved by your spirit, your truth, the joy that you give, that we start to live as you will live through us. Living with you dwelling in us and through us. Lord God, we pray that your will to have us be in full fellowship and perfection with you, that your will be done. Jesus, you are our Savior, you are our King, you are our Lord, you are holy, and you are the one that we worship today. Amen. Mm-hmm.